0: Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Louis and Tony. Well, hello there, Canada. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Melissa here in BC. How
1: are you, my friend? Oh, busy. And uh, battling the weather. It's crazy. Out so much rain in my life. I mean, where we're located in BC, it doesn't rain very often. It's very, very dry. And because we're on the northern tip of the Sonoran Desert. And so it's it's uh semi arid, so we which means we get less than twelve inches of precipitation for the whole year. And it's oh, I've my. never seen so much rain. It's just and it's every day. We're getting like little wow. little rainstorms every day. And it's it's just crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is crazy. It's actually raining here as well, and it's muggy like crazy out here today. And uh yeah, I'm Glad to be home and glad to be doing a show. So thanks for joining us, Canada. Well, we got a barn burner of a show for you today. I don't think we'll get to everything that we were hoping to discuss today, but let's get right to it. On the show tonight, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about policing, uh, a little discussion about the new Atlantic Canadian Autonomous Zone. Okay, not really. And... More. Much, much more. So, uh, why don't we start with something that surprises me actually a lot and what you've seen around town lately in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, uh, school, even though it wasn't really in session, officially ended on Thursday last week. And as of yesterday, Monday, the the amount of traffic has doubled since Friday, like it's wow it's like the the tourists are here, and uh most of them are from the lower mainland, and then we've got a bunch from Alberta. There's a lot of Alberta plates I've seen some saskatchewan plates uh, it's wow. uh and, and and believe it or not, I have seen a couple of California plates I have seen. Uh, some Washington State and Oregon plates as well, and uh, it's. Sorry, I think I cut out there. Um, yeah, first second. Yeah. It, I've see, so we've I've I've definitely seen some American plates, and uh, what's happening is that the Americans are coming up to the border and they're saying, "Oh yeah, we're heading through to Alaska." And they get let in, and uh, and then uh, like on in last week I think just last week, seven couples were ticketed with uh, uh, basically for tourism uh, in Banff because uh, they were all from the U.S. and they were in Banff touring around and and stuff instead of going to Alaska like they said they were doing. And uh, this is actually becoming quite common out here in BC. Uh, Americans coming up to the border, telling them they're going to Alaska, and they get let in. And um, but there's no follow up. Like they're not saying, "Hey, all right, we're going to notify the uh, which which border crossing are you going to in Alaska?" And then they'll and they should be saying something like, "I mean, I I don't know what the protocol is, but if if I was in charge, I'd be saying, okay." find out which border crossing they're going to let them know they have 48 hours to get to that border crossing and you're notifying that border crossing and if that border crossing doesn't see them in 48 hours then there should be uh consequences
0: yeah no i couldn't agree more like um I would my rant over the weekend was uh, had touched on that as well. And I, I assumed that was what they were doing was saying they're going in transit to Alaska. Now I'm sure that it, it well it may or may not be different now. But back when I used to go trucking into the U.S., which was 20 years ago now, we could say we were going in transit with uh, with our load, and yeah, there would be no questions asked about which which you know side we're coming out on the other end, but. With what's going on right now, there's really it's it's almost a no-brainer that they should be monitoring these people a little more closely. Like I'd uh, mentioned in my rant that I was in Tim Hortons lineup and just happened to notice the pickup in front of me had Nevada plates on, and at first I thought nothing of it because it was he was obviously an outfitter, and we get a ton of those here in Saskatchewan because of all the the lakes in northern Saskatchewan. And then I was like, "Well, wait a minute." Yeah, I was an American here, and I'm really surprised that there's Alberta plates down in the the Okanagan, not because it's not gorgeous. I love it down there. But I thought that B.C. was still restricting travel, and I know that Alberta and Saskatchewan had both said that there was non-essential travel not recommended, but they weren't closing off travel. But I thought the B.C. Alberta was effectively
1: closed. No, No, it never was. Um, The B.C. government is strongly suggesting you stay home and uh i mean we bc has even shut off all campgrounds to albertans like campgrounds in bc this summer are only open to bc residents and uh but they've never shut the border down because i don't think they legally can
0: okay okay yeah, see, Saskatchewan has done the same thing with campgrounds. Only Saskatchewan residents can use Saskatchewan campgrounds. But, yeah, that's. What, I mean, that's good. But I almost got to wonder, I mean, and yes, I, I am, you know, being a hypocrite here, being the civil libertarian that I am, but what the hell, people? Like, do you not understand what's going on here? And you see what's happened with, you know, the mass riots and protests in the United States, how suddenly... The Wuhan virus is, you know, once again rearing its ugly head. And and I get it that, yes, it's summertime in Canada. It's a short season, but use your heads, people. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we've got things relatively under control in Western Canada now. Uh, especially yeah. in Saskatchewan and BC, right? Manitoba. I mean, Alberta is is still battling some issues but but for the population size of bc we're we've actually got this thing under control here and but if we if we just let everything run rampant like normal uh we're gonna have what's happening in uh, washington state right now and that's you know that washington state is getting several hundred new cases every single day right now because uh, they they decided to just open up without any kind of uh, precautions, right? And uh, and so now they're they're talking about instituting more uh, uh, controls again. And uh, so, I mean, if we take things slowly and step by step, we should be all right. And but one of those steps is not to just open things up to tourism like normal. And, uh, and I mean, and that's part of the thing that we're, I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to say that because I am a business owner and, and I really, really feel for those businesses that depend on tourism to survive. And, uh, but uh, this is much bigger too. And it, and I mean, I think, I think, and I've said this all along, I think small businesses deserve a little bit more help than alone and uh because the the last thing that a small business can can do or or really needs is more debt
0: yeah exactly and there was actually i was uh i think it was a caller into the roy green show either this past weekend or the weekend previous who essentially echoed your sentiment like she said you know there it was just her and her husband who ran this i think it was a pizza shop and she said, like, we can't take on more debt, even if it is zero interest, because, you know, like, we've already put so much of our own money into this that there's just no more, not enough margin to take on more debt, which is exactly what you said, right? When the this program was first first announced or even if when it was just being tossed around as an yeah. idea. And, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think this, the problem is that people in government are bureaucrats. Bureaucrats have no idea how to run a business. And it shows with this idiotic programming.
1: Yeah. And, and, and there's something else that's happening right now. That's really irritating me. And that is the hate on for the airline industry. Like, yeah. What's with like that? All of a sudden people are like, let air Canada and WestJet go bankrupt. And I'm like, Because people are under the impression they've been ripping us off or something. Are you kidding me? Like, flying has never been cheaper. Never. This is, like, you're, when you fly right now, I mean, not, maybe not right at this moment, but right before before COVID, it was the cheapest flights in the history of flight, like, and, and people are always mad about how expensive it is to fly and all this. Okay. My parents were telling me that when we flew to Germany in 1986, the flights were $2,500 each in 1986. By today, those would be $5,000 uh, tickets per person. Yeah, And, and good point. it only costs about 1400 bucks to fly to Germany right now. Maybe, like I said, not right this minute, but before COVID it was only like 1400 bucks round trip. Like flying is cheap, 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 cheap. And people are, are angry and, and they hate the airlines so much. They want them to go bankrupt. And I'm like, like, Do you not realize that businesses are not like this monolithic, faceless uh, thing? Like, I don't know what people think a business is, but it's made up of tens of thousands of people. These These airlines are made up of tens of thousands of people who depend on their jobs to put a roof over the heads of their family and feed them. And you want them to go bankrupt
0: yeah it's uh you know what i really i'm just gonna say it um it's unfortunately the school system is breeding our kids to be anti-capitalism and they're that you know they're being taught to think oh you have a business you must be rich well and so then they they automatically hate you and it's like and you've mentioned this before a lot of businesses run on a very very thin margins yeah. and the airlines are no different, but I mean they have volume on their side. But yeah, I mean flights are cheap. I mean when my wife and I went to Mexico in January, thankfully just before COVID hit. I mean for our whole trip, and you know upgrading to a to an ocean view room and a higher a higher floor, and we were still it was God sixteen seventeen hundred a piece. Yeah, I mean amazing. Yeah.
1: No, it is. And it's, it's crazy that people are like giddy that these companies are going to go bankrupt if they don't get any help.
0: And see, the thing is that um, Thomas Sowell, I mean, he's someone you and I both I admire, uh, economist, philosopher. And he always said that when arguing with the left, I mean, they, they never think to the next step. And his, one of the things he would say was when you, when they want to get into the argument, always ask them, and then what? So, okay, these airlines are going to go broke. And then what, we're, how, how are you going to, how are you going to travel? Are we going to take a you know, drive to Mexico. Are you going to take a, a a boat to, to, to Europe. Like, you know, they don't, they don't think of the, and then what they just think their goal, like, yes, down with capitalism. And then what?
1: Yeah, right? exactly it's exactly it and and it's i i don't know i i'm just honestly man i'm very very scared about the direction that things are taking right now and it's it's very it's got me very concerned
0: yeah you know it is starting to to worry me a bit but I keep thinking we're going to get through it. And then we get, you know, another curve thrown at us. But I want want to move on and talk a little bit about Atlantic Canada now. Now, Nova Scotia was actually in the worst shape in the Maritimes. And they have now not had a new case of the virus in about 10 days now. And so they've opened up their borders. So now there is, as I say, you know, Jokingly, the the maritime autonomous zone and now the four maritime provinces—New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, Labrador, and Prince Edward Island—have all made themselves one bubble, and nobody's allowed in or out. But at least they now have interprovincial travel between the four. So uh, it's a it's a step it's a step in the right
1: direction. Yeah, I read about a guy who uh, who actually uh, bought property in Prince Edward Island and. I think he, I believe he was from Alberta or Saskatchewan and he drove, he decided when all this hit and he lost his job because of COVID, he decided he was just going to move to that property that he bought in PEI. And when he got to the, to the, uh, the other side of the confederation bridge, they, uh, they said, uh, nope you got to turn around and go back and oh my and he, said, he said but i own the i own property here i'm moving here he says i got everything i own with me and they said well you don't have any proof that you sold property in the province you came from and he said well i didn't i was renting and that they wouldn't let him in and he had to turn around and go back oh. and then uh, ontario told him that he had 10 days to get out of ontario and uh so he, uh, he, I don't know where he ended up, but yeah, he, he, this was this was a story in the paper about him. And uh, yes, yeah, so, oh so the Maritimes have successfully closed themselves off.
0: Wow. Well, and I guess good, but it's funny. I mean, it's such a regional thing and obviously population density has a lot to do with with the virus and the, the, the transmission of it. So I can see why they'd close off Quebec, but I mean, you visited Quebec extensively. So, I mean, you know, when the further east in Quebec you go, the more sparse the population is. So you think they could expand their bubble somewhat. Yeah. But, but but, I mean, Hey, I'm not, uh, I can't tell them what to do. I think that's good that they've at least expanded it out that far, but it would be nice to see, well, it'd be nice to see the country open up some more, but Ontario and Quebec are making that tough for the rest of us. Yeah. All right. Um, How about we touch on the Conservative Party leadership race briefly? Oh, please, Um, let's do that. (laughs) I'm actually almost sorry. I am sorry that I did not renew my membership because the more I hear of Leslyn Lewis, the more I would love to vote for her. She is the Conservatives' Conservative, actually. And remember we had talked before that she had run for a seat in 2015 and was not successful. And then I heard an interview with her and discovered that she only was nominated as the candidate asked by Stephen Harper to become the candidate when the writ for the election was dropped. So she only had that five weeks to get to, to know the voters and get them to know her. So suddenly now I have to see her in a different light. And now that I've listened to her in a few interviews, I am absolutely blown away by her.
1: Um, I like a lot of what she has to say. Uh, I don't like that she is a social conservative, um, because I think no matter how much a lot of, uh, many people would like social conservative to come back, it never will. Um, and that time has passed and it's, it's kind of time to get with the times in that, in that regard um but the other problem is is that nobody knows who she is and if there's going to be an election this fall or this winter or next spring you, we need the conservatives need a leader a leader with name recognition because people won't have time to get to know the leader and uh, andrew Shear had that problem and he had a lot more time to get ready for a, an election than the new leader of the Conservative Party will have for this this next election. And uh, and and even and he had a hard time getting known by Canadians. And uh, the Liberals were very successful in painting him as something he wasn't.
0: Yep. All true. Everything you said, I, I can't disagree. And I still would like to see Peter McKay become the leader just for what, you know, the reasons you've just yeah. stated, but boy, do I like her. I hope she sticks around and I, I see her as a real rising star. She's just, uh, I mean, I think you're right about the social conservatism. I mean, it's certainly, it is, I can't say a thing of the past. I mean, it's always going to be there, but it certainly no longer has the prominence as an issue or a set of issues that it once did. So, I per- so you're you're yeah, right on personally, that. Personally, man,
1: but- I would I would really love to see an election where abortion was not an issue. I'm I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about abortion. It's like, come on, is this really the most important subject in the in the flipping country? No, it isn't. But, well, exactly. It's, it's like abortion is here. Abortion is going to stay and nothing anybody does is going to get rid of abortion so let's just stop talking about it but it rears its ugly head every single goddamn election and it and yes in 90% of the time it is brought up by the liberals or the ndp just just to do play the boogeyman with the conservatives but the conservatives don't do themselves any favors when they have social conservatives in the party who won't shut up and, and it, and it, and it scares off the Canadian voters. So yeah, you can talk about how social conservatism uh, is something that's there. I mean, it's a very small portion of the, of the party. Even it's less than like 18% of the party is, is social conservatives. And, uh and and only like ten percent of the party even voted for social conservatives in the last leadership race so it's it's really a non issue but yet it keeps getting all this attention and and it's and I've had enough of it because we're not gonna win another election if this keeps becoming an issue
0: well, and part of it too is the the liberal friendly media loves to make certain they throw that in there so of course every candidate say oh they're trying to appeal to social conservatives and because like you say it's the boogeyman so even when they when there's a candidate who isn't necessarily a social conservative or even say a candidate like Leslie lewis who is pro-life but is also pro-business and pro-tax cuts and i mean a lot of other things that make her quite palatable the media of course will hang on oh my god she's pro-life and 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 you know the rest of the story cuz it happens every election yeah
1: and here's the thing it's ridiculous here's the thing leslyn lewis checks boxes that the liberals wish they had i mean oh, yeah. she is a highly educated lawyer i believe she's a lawyer yeah she's yep, a she highly is. educated lawyer she's black and she's a woman and yet Yet yep. they will still find a way to paint her as a racist or a misogynist or something. Like I, I don't know how they would do it, but they would do it. They would find a way.
0: Oh yeah, they'll make her out to be some kind of knuckle dragging mouth breather and but you're right, she does. She checks off all the boxes. Her she just started to learn French, so she even admits her French is awful. And yeah. To me that's a no brainer you gotta yeah. have French. To me that's a no brainer. That's not negotiable. Yeah, exactly. So, you have to have French. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, I mean she does check the boxes that liberals like, but yet because she's a conservative, they'll find some way to cut her oh, down. Absolutely. So honest honestly, I mean, let's just do the Peter McKay thing, let's just get this over with already and ideally put him in the leader's chair and let's get down to business. Yeah.
1: And I mean, honestly, I'm a, I'm a, I I like Aaron O'Toole better than Peter McKay. I think, I think he, I think he, he, he has uh, probably his, his position on things probably lines up more with me than, than Peter McKay's does. But the thing, like I said, nobody knows who Aaron O'Toole is. But the thing that's really getting to me right now is Aaron O'Toole and Peter McKay are going at each other's throats and accusing each other of like threatening to bring the police in to investigate each other. Oh, and this. And it's like, God, you guys yep. are slitting your own throats. Like why wait for the liberals to do it? You're doing it yourself.
0: Yeah, they really are. I mean, I, uh, I guess I don't have any reason not to like Aaron O'Toole, but there's just something about him rubs me the wrong way. I don't like Peter McKay's position on resource projects involving Quebec, for example. I mean, uh, I'm not saying there's a veto for Quebec, but we're going to consult with Quebec before we put a pipeline through. No, 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 no. We've had this discussion way too many times.
1: Well, he's uh, only saying that because he wants Quebec votes.
0: I understand that, but it's... uh, he puts that into practice, and I'm sure that he will because he wants to, you know, get those Quebec votes. We're just going to be stuck in the same bloody loop that we've been in for decades, and it just frustrates me. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, and that, I mean, that, that's one of the things that may that that makes a lot of people want to have Wexit, right. Is is that Quebec just has too much damn power, and? And you gotta to pander to Quebec just to get elected. And it's 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 insane how much clout one province can have.
0: Yeah, and actually speaking of Wexit, that's a good way to segue into uh the next topic is Wegsit Canada, which we all know was founded, well actually maybe we don't all know, founded by Peter Downing, and he is the party has been registered now, and Peter Downing has stepped down and a new interim leader has stepped forward, a former British Columbia member of parliament and a cabinet minister in the Stephen Harper government, and now lives in Calgary. But Mr. J. Hill has stepped in to be interim leader until, well, I guess until a new leader is found Yeah,
1: and, I'm, and honestly, I'm, uh, if I was a WEGZT supporter, I would be happy about that because Peter Downing is a bit of a head case um ale- allegedly allegedly okay. <laughs> um, yes, that's right yes. I'm not a fan of Peter Downings at all. Uh, I and part of the reason why I would never be a Wexit supporter is because of him, so now that he's not the leader anymore, uh you know I think I think it's gonna help Wexit become more accepted uh more um maybe more more people would consider it a viable option especially with jay hill i mean jay hill is a a a well-known uh conservative former conservative cabinet minister and um he's a very smart well-spoken guy uh and uh and i think that he's adding some credibility to it now um the, the only issue is I honestly don't see Wexit really ever happening, really ever gaining a, a, a foothold in politics at all. Uh, I think that people are, anybody in the West that does not like the Liberals is going to vote Conservative. I, I just don't see them voting for Wexit.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I think especially because uh, I guess uh, full disclosure, Canada Lewis has never liked Peter Peter Downing right from the very start, so he's being consistent with his his thoughts here. And uh, Jay Hill, yeah, he's a great guy, but he actually did an interview with uh, Roy Green, and, and he even said like it's at least in his view, Wexler is not a Movement for the West to exit Canada. He sees it more as like a Bloc Québécois light, in that they would just want to represent Western interests in Ottawa. And the first thing I just thought was, after you know, I rolled my eyes. Then why the hell start the new political party and not just take all that momentum and all the fundraising and all the work you had and actually channel it into a party that can represent Western Canada? You know, like well the conservatives for example yeah
1: i mean the conservatives though i mean they they're a national party and they have to be a national party and represent all all areas of the country um we used to have a regional party and it was called the reform party
0: oh i miss those days and jay hill actually was a reformer. He, he, he was yeah
1: um i believe he was first elected in uh, 1991 um i'm I may be wrong on that, but
0: I think, um, let's say 93
1: 93. would. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a by-election then. It was a general election. Yes. Okay. So Yeah. yeah. In 1993, that's right. And, um, but you know, I, the reform party was, was transformative for Canadian politics uh, part of the reason is is because of the man who was behind that party and that was Preston Manning who is probably the greatest Prime Minister this country never had and, uh, and he was uh, he brought a lot to the table and scared the bejesus out of the Liberals and actually forced Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin to balance the budget you might not have liked how they balanced the budget, but he but because of the reform party, that was why the budget was balanced.
0: All true. And because of Preston Manning, we have the Clarity Act, which would not have happened without the Reform Party as well. But Preston Manning insisted that there be, you know, another party at the table that would have a say.
1: That's right, yeah. And and so we've had the regional party before. And but because the regional party could never form government, uh it had to morph into the Canadian or the the Conservative Party of Canada, and uh, there was there was no way that a regional party could continue to uh, win the votes of Western Canadians if there was no chance of them forming government.
0: Yeah and it and it's sad. I mean I was sad to see the reform party, you know, morph the way it did, but it was necessary unfortunately. Yeah, and
1: unfortunately, I mean they they've lost everything that ever made them the reform party and they they were actually very very close to what the liberal party of that time was. Uh that's like the the conservative party of today is very much like the the reform party or the liberal party of the creation era uh yeah yeah, yeah unfortunately
0: no. yeah, no, it was very sad, and uh well before we move on to our our last topic yeah uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, you got to meet Preston Manning one time, or were you just in the same room? Oh no,
1: I got to meet with him, had my photo taken with him, I even sat at uh, the same table with him for dinner um he uh it was it, for me, I was only 19 years old, uh, it, it was like meeting a rock star for me. I <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there was uh, – because I, I was I, I also got to sit with uh, – for dinner, I got to sit with Deb Gray as well. So oh, my gosh. Deb, Deb Gray, Preston Manning, a couple other uh, uh, reform MPs. But those two, Deborah Gray and, and Preston Manning – for me, it was like meeting a, a couple of rock stars, and I just—I was in awe. And uh, I mean, Preston Manning is just—he was a, he, or he is. I, I mean, he's taken some positions lately. I, I'm not quite sure of, but uh, but at the time, like he, just a brilliant, brilliant mind. And uh, and Deb Gray was is just a, one of the most strongest, most powerful women that have ever served in the, in the House of Commons.
0: Oh, she was, yeah, and without without question, and I can be proud that she was actually my MP when she won that by election in Beaver River, riding right in Alberta. Although I wasn't old enough to vote for her at that by election, but um, yeah, she was my MP, so that was that was that was awesome. And yeah, I've got to meet her. And same thing, I mean, I almost I could barely even say hello because I was so awestruck. Yeah, and, and, so.
1: <laughs> and for those of you, for those that don't know, Deb Gray was the very first Reform MP ever elected. Uh, she 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 beat Preston Manning to the punch, and uh, that's yeah, right. like she because she got elected in a by election. So and, and the rest that's of right. the reform MPs won in the next general election.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So. All right, so we've got about ten minutes to go here. So let's talk a little bit about policing. Now, I'm going to start off with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and because this is this really burns me because this is something I have some experience with and Brenda Lucky who is uh she is she's driving me insane she is now came out and this was middle of last week I believe when she said that the the physical exam that the police use to uh screen their new recruits is First it was I think it was racist, but it's also was sexist is what really got me. And I just said, okay, you've got to be kidding me. Now, the RCMP use uh, what's called the PAIR. Now, I don't remember what exactly the PAIR stands for, but it's a physical abilities test at any rate. And it is the exact same test with uh, some different parameters as the POPAT, which is the police officer's physical abilities test, which I have run – five times when I'm in my days that I was applying with the Saskatoon police service and physically it's the same test but with the pair they have some time trials involved that they don't with the pole pat but there's nothing that is racist about the pole pat and then she said well it's it's racist and it's sexist because there's a six foot long jump and there is you have to clear the six foot mat and she said well for a six foot person that's that's possible but for somebody who's not so tall it makes it more difficult and the test is designed to simulate like what what a a foot chase would be like so you have to jump over a couple of small foot and a half fences you've got this long jump you've got to climb up some stairs and down again and pivot and run it's it's intense but you know honestly you could pass it if you practice it a couple times even the shape you're in right now And, and i don't know what kind of shape you're in but all I could think was, like, I actually tried hard to think of what could possibly be sexist about this test because nothing's racist about a physical exam, and I thought, really, there's a couple of tests where your your upper body strength is is tested, and I do remember that when I ran those, the test, a lot of the women had a hard time with, with the upper body strength exercises because there was a push-pull station where it was, with 80 pounds of resistance. And a lot of the girls just didn't have that upper body strength. And I thought, other than that, there's there's nothing that's any ism or, or phobia about this test. It's just a bloody exam. So for her to come out and say it's racist and sexist, it's a stinking exam. Like, I I think she's, she's just lost all credibility. I think
1: everybody's missing the real point here. And that is it's, it's not sexist or racist. It's, it's fat shaming. (laughs) (laughs) Why, why not? Someone who's out of shape wouldn't be able to pass that. Um, The, uh, No. See, Brenda Lucky, the problem I have with her is that she's, she uh, when she was first questioned about whether there was systemic racism in the RCMP, she said no. And which I believe is the truth. And then uh, Prime Minister Trudeau uh, reminded her that there is and then she changed her statement and said yes and it's rampant you know like yes and it's horrible and (laughs) and i'm like you know what the second you changed your position whether i even agreed with the first position or not the fact that you changed it so readily and easily after the prime minister spoke to you about it uh you she lost all credibility immediately
0: for me well yeah and now of course she's looking for the the racism and the sexism and and of course here's what people don't think about right off the bat you want to say this physical test is sexist but you ran it and you passed it brenda lucky miss brenda lucky yeah
1: (laughs) yeah
0: exactly i mean it's uh it's really sad that That they're going to such lengths and I I feel bad for her. I mean, I don't, I have no respect for her anymore. Don't get me wrong, but I feel bad for her that she is going to such idiotic lengths to try to find some systemic racism or sexism in the RCMP. There have been some horrible incidents in the RCMP of sexism and of, you know, male officers treating female officers horribly. And, they've been taking a task for it, rightfully so, and they should be gone for it. Yeah. But to say that it's systemic is... I think you said... You made this point in a previous show. I mean, that would indicate that it's the entire bureaucracy that's racist, and it's just simply, you know, best practices that are racist. And none of that is true. No, it isn't. I mean, it, that was, to say that the RCMP is
1: systemically racist... Is to is to suggest that the entire RCMP organization is designed to exclude people of color, and that just simply isn't the case. It's also it's exactly, also yeah. suggests that that the RCMP organization is mostly racist towards uh minorities with in terms of policing them and the numbers and the stats just don't show that they don't show that at all
0: no and it's funny that there was uh and there's always been a push well i shouldn't say always but for decades there's been a push to make the for, you know, more reflective of the general population as it were, to try to recruit more minorities and whatnot. And as it turns out that uh, Indigenous Canadians are statistically overrepresented in the RCMP in that they make up, I believe it's about 12% of the, of the numbers in the RCMP when they make up about 4% of Canada's population. So they've done a good job recruiting First Nations people into the RCMP. What I find sadly ironic is that a lot of these Indigenous officers don't want to be posted to different reservations or the far north, which where they often get sent. And so, you know, there's a retention issue that goes on. But I think that the RCMP is actually doing a good job. Well, I think all police forces, for that matter, are doing a good job in reaching out to minority communities saying, like, yeah, we want you. And I really don't think that they're them saying we want you here come come and fail this racist physical exam we got which is the very first thing you have to do or second thing you have to do in recruitment like it's uh they'd be shooting themselves in the foot if they had a deliberately racist physical test i i'm, I'm going to keep making fun of that because i don't i don't see how it, any kind of a physical exam is racist well
1: well okay let's let's put it this way if a physical exam like a physical test was racist I would argue that it's probably Asian and white people that would be a, a, the uh, uh, on the losing end of that because if you look at all the top athletes in the world let's look at sprinting sprinting top athletes in the world all black Basketball, the top athletes in the world, mostly black. Football, top athletes in the world, mostly black. It's I yeah. in athletics, like in boxing and uh mixed martial arts. A, a really high percentage of the top athletes in the world are black. Like this is and it, and it, yes it does come down to racial differences because uh different races are 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 physically different in certain ways and one of the things is, is that black uh, uh black athletes have they've found have a much higher uh rate of uh uh fast twitch muscle fiber so yes really? So they, thats why sprinting and jumping events, it's typically black people are the are the top athletes
0: in those. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I know that that's the case, but I did not realize that was why. So that's yeah, that that's really interesting.
1: it is. It is, yeah. But God forbid you say that because now I'll be branded a, a, a racist, even though even yeah, though what right. I said yeah. is very complimentary.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's just the fact that you said that. Yep, you're right. That makes you a racist <laughs> now. So Ridiculous. Yeah, totally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that if we tie into the next topic on policing, we're going to go way over time because we're getting close to the end here as it is. So why don't we wrap it up here a minute or two early and... You can expect a, a rant or two coming because I've got a few more notes I want to hit on that very subject. So gives you something to look forward to or not depending on how much you like my rants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It's, it's all right. So until next time, Canada, it's Tony out here in and Saskatchewan. Out
1: here in beautiful British Columbia. All right. Thanks for
0: joining us and good night. Good night. and Tony.